Hello everyone, it's Logan from the future yet again, coming in with two disclaimers before you get into this very special Odd Trilogies episode. The first disclaimer is that one of our guests' audio is very hard to hear in the very beginning while being introduced. He does pop in perfectly about a minute into the episode, so if it feels like you can't hear one of the guests initially, don't worry, it's not for very long. The second disclaimer is that throughout this episode, you'll probably hear an echo from time to time. Since this is the first time we're collaborating with other people, Andy and I decided to experiment with our setup in terms of recording, which resulted in an episode that's a bit more echoey than usual. I've taken care of the majority of the issue throughout the entire episode, but if there is an echo here and there, I just wanted to let you know as to why. With that said, enjoy this very special Odd Trilogies episode. Hello everyone, welcome to Odd Trilogies with Logan and Andy. I'm Logan. And I'm Andy. And today, it's not just us. Is it, Andy? No, we have some very special guests. Well, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you introduce them? Uh, we have with us today Nicholas Rohrman and Eamon Hegarty of the So Far So Good show. Go ahead and say hi, guys. What's up? Yeah, they've been uh, so gracious to join us to talk about this trilogy that's, I think, I would assume very important to you guys. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, in case anyone doesn't isn't aware of what today is, today is April Fool's. So it's time for an April Fool's special. We are going to be talking about truly the greatest film trilogy we could ever talk about on the podcast. And I'm surprised. What better taking, way to bring? I'm Nick surprised and it's taking you this long to get to this this trilogy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, truly, honestly, it, it has earned its place in the canon of of Western cinema. I mean, and when like, we talked about initially starting with Bill and Ted, we initially talked about this trilogy, but we felt like we shouldn't start with our best option. We should really just okay. kind of build yeah. our kind of library, kind of build our audience, the five people that listen, you know, all the jokes that we have. And we thought, you know, now it's the perfect time. It's time to get right into the greatest movie trilogy of all time, the Dick in the Box trilogy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's also kind of crazy about this trilogy is the fact that, like, most trilogies are usually at least, you know, if you're doing, like, 90-minute films, I'll cross all three films, like, four and a half hours, maybe five hours. Right. You know, nine hours at most if you are, you know, doing three hours each film. But what's so crazy about this trilogy, and I think what makes it also phenomenal as well, this trilogy is under 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the just the purely the economical nature of it is kind of a cinematic feat in itself. The amount of story it's able to tell in such a little amount of time, the range of emotion it's able to explore, I, I'm not sure it's, it's paralleled. If you want to watch, you know, the Dick in the Box trilogy at least 20 times or watch Roman J. Israel Esquire at <laughs> least once... I feel like the best option is the Dick in the Box trilogy. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I, I, I no question. Yeah, there's there's no doubt in my mind about that. Um, before we really jump into the meat, you know, and oh, potatoes of it, I all, guess in case before we get to it, if you don't know what the Dick in the Box trilogy, the great, the Citizen Kane of movies, right? Trilogies, I, it is Dick in a Box, Mother Lover, and Three Way parentheses the Golden Rule. 
And before we get into that, I think we wanted to throw it over to Nick because he has some interesting information pertaining to the truth. Yeah. So Nick, if you want to go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I, I also think it's important that to not get confused since the characters are never distinctly named in this trilogy, that we should probably refer to the characters in the videos with the actors' first names, so like Andy and Justin. And then um, mm-hmm. when we discuss the actors, we can use their last names, and I think that'll make it easier um, to kind sure, of differentiate sure. between real life and, and yeah. such. But um, and we, will, we will never mess this up. No, it, There will yeah, never yeah. be a single time no, I, where that will happen. I, that sounds incredibly straightforward. Yeah, I think it should be pretty easy to, <laughs> easy, to easy. follow. So Absolutely. I kind of took it upon myself um, to figure out what the timeline of these videos are. Because I think that everyone, upon first viewing, it seems pretty obvious when the videos take place, you know, just based Films. on their... their uh, what would you say, Andy? Films? You, oh, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll call them films. I, I have trouble differentiating the two. I mean, one of my favorite videos is Citizen Kane, so it kind of... Okay, you it's a great know, video. Yeah, it's, it's a great video. It's a long one, too. But um, upon first viewing, like... Everyone knows when it takes place based on the outfits, but uh, I actually did a lot of research to try to figure out when these take place, and I'm going to prove today that the series does not take place in the late 1960s. So, yeah, so in the first one, Andy mentions Kwanzaa as one of the many holidays that a dick in a box would be appropriate for, you know? Uh, Kwanzaa was created in 1960 during the aftermath of the Watts riots. So that does, it places us post-1966, because that's actually what, yeah, I said 1960, but it's 1966. No, no, no. Um, I mean, starting with the Kwanzaa inception is a really good place to start the timeline. Yeah, you know, it, it, yeah. It, it is really important that, that you, you differentiate uh, what time this takes place in, because I, I think, like, like the themes uh, of it, even though they're... These these feel very you know of their time mm-hmm. and of their specific place in film history. I think that the, the themes that these films represent could be, you know, translated across different times time periods. Right, almost like Shakespeare. People do different adaptations of different time periods mm-hmm. to say something right. new. Right, and I mean we all know that the first Dick in the Box video came out December sixteenth, two thousand six, but mm-hmm. we're still trying to figure out when they take place. You know, so. Uh, later in the video, Justin mentions the CMAs, which are the Country Music Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first CMA ceremony was held in 1967, so that does shave off a year of possibility. Okay, it's definitely not the inception of Kwanzaa for sure. Um, yeah, and and based on the fashion sense of not only Andy and Justin but Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig as well, this video could take place any time during the 90s or later. And now, are you the talking car- about the actresses, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph, or are you talking about the characters, Kristen Wiig no, and Maya Rudolph? So the actresses are Rudolph and Wig. Okay, thank you. The thank characters you. are, are Maya clarify. and Kristen, <laughs> and I was kind of talking about both. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I yeah. see what you mean. I see what you mean. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Full, so first name, last name means we're talking about both. Okay, got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yes. it's Maya and Rudolph. Kristen and Wiggins. Yes. Yes. Which is why it's 90s or later. Truly the dichotomy of any performance. Exactly. So uh, the cars in the background while they're getting arrested also confirm that it's not the 60s. Okay. I will point that out. There was a lot of of, uh, semi-modern cars there. Could you you name any of the models for reference? uh, Dodge. So in Mother Lover, they clarify... um, Mother Lover clarifies a little bit of that time stuff. So... 
we do have confirmation that it takes place five months after Dick in a Box. Says it right at the beginning of the video. Yes. Um, Yes. In the line, I got my digital camera. I'm making mama do a million poses. Justin holds Mm -hmm. up, and I I did the research on this. He holds up a Kodak Mm -hmm. DX3700. This camera was released on August 14th, 2001, which would place Dick in the Box at earliest December 2001. Because we know it takes place around Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't Um, there a few months in between Dick in a Box and Mother Lover? Doesn't Mother Lover start with like a few months later? Yeah, there's there's five 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 months later. Mother Lover is is on Mother's Day, correct? It's it's Mother's Day, so it's in May. uh, Sometime in May. It depends on the year which day it takes place, which I'll get to. Okay. Um, But then uh, in three-way, it seemingly takes place the day after Mother Lover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as they're coming out, but it could take place further in the future, considering if their fling with each other's mothers has become a long-term thing, or if it was just a one-night only. That's true. There's a possibility. And uh, a little bit, it, it's not definite, but they mentioned the honor that they'd experience being each other's stepfathers in Mother Lover. Yes. But in this song, they only refer to each other as best friends through thick and thin. So... Mm-hmm. If it had gotten to the point where they were married to each other's mothers, they probably would have said something. So we at least know it hasn't gone that far, right? Yeah. 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 Um, in the line, you know I got a, just got a page from a girl that I met last week at the Payless Shoe Source. Justin stands in front of a Payless store, and he points to a little logo. Now, I, I did some digging. That specific Payless logo he's gesturing towards was introduced on June 27th, 2006. Okay, okay. So the first Dick in the Box was released December 16th, 2006. Okay, okay. And so this solidifies that as this takes place in May, five months after Dick in the Box, it can't take place May 2006 because that's before it. So it has to take place May 2007 or later. And it shows that Dick in the Box was intended to be present day probably. However, as an addendum, it is possible for this series to take place in the future. I, I personally don't think it is, but I'm not able to rule it out. There's no proof that it doesn't take place in the future. That being said, I do know that three-way doesn't take place after February 14th, 2019, because Payless filed for bankruptcy and closed their U.S. stores. Okay. Oh, interesting. So, so now we have a, a smaller window. For what yes. I, yes. I would say yes. the likelihood of... Dick in a Box taking place when it came out, December mm-hmm. of 2006, is extremely likely, which would mean that Mother Lover absolutely takes place May 13th, 2007, okay. which is Mother's Day. Okay. And then Three Way is May 13th, 2007, or later. Just or later. Yeah, or later, yeah. but it could also be in the future in general, but that's uh, my best guess. That That is the most research I could figure out. Um, and with all your research, are there any ties to the videos to 9-11 in some way, shape, or form? I was actually, I was trying to figure that out before I realized that the camera, or that the Payless logo came out in 2006. Okay. Because mm-hmm. the camera came out pre-9-11, so I was looking, it's in New York, I was looking, there was nothing in the skyline. So, I do think that does, but I couldn't find the location where the towers were. Mm-hmm. So, I couldn't confirm shot. whether or not the towers were there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after finding out Payless, the logo was introduced in 2006. That kind of 
uh, got rid of that need. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, Payless closing down, that's enough of a tragedy to really discuss in one video. So, I mean. Yeah, I agree. Really True. Discuss yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, so I, I appreciate true. you bringing it up, though, Logan. No, I mean, it's, it's good yeah. to figure it out. I mean. Well, I think, I think it lends a lot to the meaning of it all to understand where these are supposed to be taking place in time. I mean, this is clearly late Bush era. Yeah. You know, uh, we've had time yes. to digest 9-11 to then open ourselves to the ideas proposed that the, that these guys are, you know, pr- uh, proposing to us yeah. culturally. I mean, exactly. yeah, late Bush era seems perfect for walking around with a Christmas present attached to your cock, walking around a basketball hoop. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like it's perfect especially... Time for that. It might also be it, it, a reflection of the president's behavior. Could be. It could have been a part I, of that. I, you know, I, I, I see it as more of a, of, a, of a radical act of, of you know, sexual liberation. Mm. Okay. I, I, I think especially during a time, you know, the mid-Bush era, definitely a very conservative time in American politics. Absolutely. So, so I, I think that the, the you know, the, the center of this trilogy – revolves around two friends, you know, who, who learn to, you know, kind of uh, let go of, of the expectations of, of them that is placed on them by their society to be as friends and as, as sexual beings. But, I feel, you know, how about we start, uh, we haven't even started talking about the, the right. plot of these films. Right. Yeah, we, yeah let's dive into Dick yeah. in a Box. There's yeah. a lot to get into, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's so much to unpack. I mean, for for the two minutes that it goes on for, it feels like it's two hours in terms of the amount of content that you get in such a short right. amount of time. And right. I mean, I I, th- I think Eamon actually brought this up really well, and I think it's a good conversation starter, too, that I think it's like, especially in 2006, it's truly remarkable with Sandberg and Timberlake that they bring awareness in the video, the narrative of, you know, the importance of creating gifts, especially from scratch for your, mm-hmm. for your spouses. I mean, you know, in a world that we've lived in for... 20 plus years, at least for us, that I mean, we've been ravaged by capitalism. It's refreshing to hear how impactful it can be to give your spouse, you know, a letter you wrote or like a wood statue you carved or in case of the video, just a shiny Christmas box that you put your cock in. I mean, it really is just like well, it it's, shows. It's it, it's a beautiful expression that like that, like, you know, the, the human body is a beautiful thing. It is a gift. Absolutely. You know? And to be able to like share in 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 you know the the sexual expression with someone that you love is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And, 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 I, and, and, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, just just I mean I think you're right. I think in more ways than one, it just goes to show how important the little things can be for a woman, especially yeah. with this. And yeah, I mean it is just it is just something where with this video, it is kind of wild what comes next because it feels like. When we end with three-way, three-way feels like the most vanilla of the ideas that yeah. they bring to the table. Well, no, I I, I disagree, and okay. I, wa- I want to get okay. through the. I, I think there I don't is mean a, in a bad way that, either. I'm no, just saying. absolutely, I know what you mean, but I I think that that three-way, uh, to me at least, you know, it may you can argue whether or not which which th- part of the trilogy is the best one. Uh, I I think that three-way at least thematically gives a very nice conclusion to the arc that we've gone on with these characters yeah oh for sure we can, i agree we'll but i mean more when we get to yeah it. we have time to yes, get to that yeah. we don't want to we don't want to jump ahead too much i, I there's right. still a lot oh, to unpack sure. we've, we've got at least 17 hours to talk about yeah yes well there there's a lot to unwrap with dick in a box honestly Absolutely. I mean, and it's... 
there there was something that I thought was interesting because obviously, like growing up with this video in my formative years, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of who I am is inspired by this video, and I think that that growing up with it kind of gives some sort of nostalgia blindness, you know. Sure. Oh, sure. As, oh, absolutely. Like, when you go back to watching like Toy Story two, you're gonna notice things you didn't notice before, and and that's just how it is. So now that I'm older and I am actually like revisiting this this trilogy for the episode. I noticed a few things, and uh, the main thing that really stood out to me, when Andy says, a gift real special, so take off the top, he's actually referring to his penis, which is currently hidden within the box. You know, thinking about it, yeah. I didn't even catch that. We did, yeah. I mean, we just watched it a few minutes ago, and it, it just feels like you know, you're you just know, so enamored by the outfits and the music you don't even think about how subtle that is yeah i yeah. really thought yeah. it was supposed to be more yeah I, I i just went straight for the metaphor it's... of of you know the kind of going underneath the covers of capitalism to find true you know carnal expression that yeah that's bit. i mean growing I, up like, that's know, what i thought too it's yeah. really interesting that you mentioned nick about like growing up with this in your formative years i feel like you know these films dick in a box especially had a, a similar effect on on you know our generation as say like the simpsons where like the simpsons was created to be this you know this very like off-kilter satire uh of of the society in which it lived of the television landscape of which it was created and then to people who who discovered it who were too young to understand the satire it just became part of the popular culture so i think a lot of people do miss out on some of the more subtle aspects like that line and you know it, especially you know it came out in a time where you know giving your your lover the the, the gift of, of of your body was what was a, a a was you know not something everybody did and now you know i can tell you how many people i hear about who who have you know received um a dick in a box for uh for a you know a, a special holiday or a or, or for, for a birthday or a wedding gift, you know, and it's a, uh, it's, it's really something special. Right. It, and it's a, it's a really unique case study to me, but I feel this, yeah, we said so we could talk about this for hours. Yeah. I was just going to clarify earlier when you said that line, you are referring to a gift real special. To, so take a off, gift the, top, special, so take off which, the top, which is the one where his penis is in the box is, is what he's referring to. I think anytime yeah. there's a conversation about said box, there is a penis involved in some way, shape or form, whether it's I do think so. or out depends, no. but I think it's mainly. Yeah. In. Well, there later on, they do talk about the steps and the first two steps there, do true. not include the penis yet. So, no. but you are, I do think majority of the time, at least in terms of runtime to, you know, percentage-wise, there's, yeah, most of the time the penis is in the box, for sure. Yeah, time with dick per box is pretty long for a film for a, for a song called Dick in a Box, so it's perfect. It's perfect for yeah. a song like this. And, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think it's, I mean, it shows, too, with Dick in a Box, there is a cultural impact that basically just kind of, like, shakes the scene of cinema for the longest time to the point where it's, like, it goes past cinema into, like, pop culture. I mean, mm-hmm. All I'm saying is there is a connection between Dick in the Box and the latest Fortnite dance that is, like, practically a straight line. Like, there's just not really anything that can kind of get away from that. Like, Dick in the Box is just such a cultural milestone in the late 2000s. Well, I I would argue that, like... imitates life. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I I would argue that, like, loot boxes and things like that in video games and even microtransactions are probably directly... Mm -hmm. Related to the popularity of Dick in a Box. 
Well, because you want you want to open up the top, you know. Right. Absolutely. You want to keep going. Well, and I think the the sheer kind of cultural ubiquity of Dick in a Box itself is the only reason we haven't gotten explicitly a Dick in a Box Fortnite skin because they they know they know that that's the idea that they're pulling Mm -hmm. off of, so they can't just do it again. It's such a powerful skin. If you had that in Fortnite, that no one would do anything else but that. It would just be John Wick and Andy and Justin. It would be yeah. Else. It really would mess up the whole game. It it would True. it would just fuck things up a, for a sure. A game that's never had any issues whatsoever. It would just be the first time it yes, would truly right. yeah. Fuck well, that game up. well, and we could and probably will do a whole episode about Fortnite eventually, but. I, I don't want yeah. to derail us too much from oh, the yeah, topic. There, yeah, there, there have true, been three true. chapters of Fortnite. Oh, you do? You do? So, yeah, that's trilogy, true. Yeah. We're, we're, well, I think we're in Chapter 3 right now, so we should probably wait till the end yeah. of Chapter 3 yes. before we... Yes. Before, yes. Yeah. yeah, maybe and, Chapter 4 is hey, the right time to jump into that. Honestly, Eamon and I will come back for that Please, episode, for sure. We are writing that there's, down There's right a lot now. of lore there. Talking about the Seven and the Imagined Order and, and all of those, you know, characters and, and groups that are within Fortnite. I think there's a lot of And I think I do. Yeah, the Seven... You know, season two of chapter three just started, and they're they're kind of having a war right now. I don't want to okay. spoil it for anybody. I thought but we were talking about Doctor Dick Strange just came through a portal. It, yeah, uh, yeah, well, we're just getting think, excited think, for future episodes. Yeah, canon. There's crossover, but yeah. absolutely, they're always the crossover. Yeah, yeah, but you know, when you talked about cultural impact, that did remind me of a point that I had. Um, I, I was doing a little bit more research, and the second SNL digital short ever made was Lazy Sunday. Yes. Uh, the video with uh, Chris Parnell and Samberg, and they were uh, kind of talking about sneaking in snacks to a matinee showing of uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, right? Um, the Chronic What Calls of Narnia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That video, that film, uh, is often credited as the video that made YouTube popular. Like, a lot of people discovered the website through that video because it came out in 2005. That's when YouTube was was kind of starting, and there was no place to watch Lazy Sunday. Someone uploaded it to YouTube, and it was in a world where you couldn't just go back and watch something that was on SNL the night before. Yeah. So, peop- there was a lot of traffic that was got like given to YouTube because people were sharing that around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally. And in a way, I think the same could be said about this video and the popularization of NBC. Oh, of course. I think without Dick in a yeah. Box, yeah, without Dick in a Box, it's arguable whether or not we would have even heard of NBC at all. Yeah, I feel like you'd you'd well, have it, to and, and you'd then, have to chronicle NBC's rise and fall and their popularity with you know BDITB before Dick in a Box or ADITB after Dick in the Box. Like there's yeah, you know, yeah it, a new I mean, time period, especially like like especially like I said for our generation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, 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 it led us to to discover NBC in a way that we never would have had, you know, we never would have needed to before. Right. I mean, we wouldn't have been exposed to to shows like Chicago PD, the Golden Globes Awards, or Chicago Med, and I think that like without without digging a box, that wouldn't have even been a thing that we would have or known about. Lester Holt. No, that's I true. Have forgotten all those shows were in Chicago if it weren't for the fact that there was Chicago in the name. So, it's a, it, well, yeah, exactly, for sure. Me. I think that's important as well. I mean, but if we're talking about, because I think, yes, Dig in the Box is definitely, as a film, it, you know, popularizes YouTube. And I think it brings SNL into a different era that it's been waiting for post-Feral to the point where I think our next entry, Mother Lover, is where it kind of solidifies as, I mean, basically the Empire Strikes Back 
of this trilogy. It's I would say it is yeah. the Empire. It is the two towers, like without yeah. a question. So you said the twin yeah. towers, like, or the two like, towers. I, no, okay, two okay, towers. Sure. No, we. Sure. So the twin towers. We as we were talking earlier, this takes place in like 2007. This is after so, 9/11. Yeah, I wouldn't really have that part of it. Um, Still in the cultural aftermath. But to, to build on your right. kind of introductory point of this being the the Empire Strikes Back of the trilogy, it's not not a perfect analog, but you know, it, I mean, it, it does make sense because Mother Lover, um, you know, it opens up on kind of a darker, more ominous tone. I mean, the the conflict is straight away uh, in the lyrics. You know, the, these guys are not prepared for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And they have to they have to make drastic me- measures. Um, there, and I think that you know it kind of parallels the position that Luke Han and Leia are in in Empire Strikes Back. His sister lover is really like yeah. what Empire is in comparison. Right. You know, I mean that might have been a yeah. winning title when they were current when they were filming it at the time, but it... I think so. Well, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if that was even a direct influence on Mother Lover. You know, and mm-hmm. and also like uh, like Empire Strikes Back, I feel like the the advances made in technology in between Dick in a Box and Mother Lover mm-hmm. were just vast, and like it was partially you know spurred because of Dick in a Box. Like think about how how much how you know much more impressive the special effects are in Empire Strikes Back than they are in Star Wars, and that and you know Star Wars became a a vessel for innovation. And what's what I you know, and also like those movies, uh, this trilogy, um, even though they all look different, they all have different you know aesthetic choices to keep up with the technology and to embrace the technology. They still look and feel and have the same tone. And if you notice, a lot of trilogies uh, or even film series that have large gaps of time in between installments, that can't be said. They they don't feel as neat and cohesive no, yeah. as as these films. Right. And, I mean, and this was released May 9th, 2009, and it, it takes place, as we talked about, May 13th, 2007. So they did have to, like, make sure that they didn't include any of those, right. I imagine those there was a lot advancements of, too heavy. Yeah, a lot yeah. of really detailed production design went into maintaining that 2007 period feel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there there's very few cars seen because I know how hard it could be to like shut down a New York street. So they really don't show a lot of automobiles in the background that could place it outside of that 2007 time frame. Probably also helps too that both Andy and Justin's love of 90s R&B outfits and music are clear in the in terms of how they dress and in terms of keeping it more yeah. timeless in a, yeah. in a weird kind of way. Yeah, I, I would agree. And and I kind of wanted to go back to something that Andy was saying. Yeah. Um, I think that at the very beginning of this video, the shot of them throwing the dick boxes away after getting out of prison, mm-hmm. to me at least, is very reminiscent of like when Batman saves Joker in The Dark Knight and he takes the blame for Harvey Dent's deeds. Mm-hmm. You know, because like to me Knight. at least... Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, like... Yeah, well, so for me, it emphasizes the fact that, like, even though the audience is desperate for them to put the dick boxes back on, or in the case of Dark Knight, like the cowl, it's best for everyone if they retire for now. Okay, yeah, you know, they're the it, heroes it's kind of, we deserve, kind of like that. Not the ones we need right now, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, exactly. Yes. Yeah, and it's because it's they, selfless. They have, yeah, yeah, and because they have more interpersonal uh, stakes this time, and I think it's important that that you know. We really start to outline the uh, the the emotional through line of these characters through this trilogy. I mean, it's with 
this is a trilogy about people, you know, who, like I said, they, they liberate themselves sexually. And in the first one, uh, you know, we, we see these two characters learn to, to love their, their bodies and understand, you know, their, their bodies as, as gifts and as something to be, to be cherished. And then come, you know, this one, we start to uh, tackle more complex themes, specifically the Oedipus complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, some people like to say, oh, you know, Oedipus, it's, you know, the Oedipus complex about wanting to fuck your mom. But that's not entirely what, what Freud had wrote. The Oedipus complex is really about, you know, how men, especially the, the first woman that they create an emotional connection to in their entire lives is their mother. And so a lot of men kind of like view their mother as this like above, you know, when they're children, at least kind of view their mother as this kind of like larger than life figure, this provider who doesn't, you know, necessarily have the same needs that they do. And this is about two men who learn that, you know, their, their mothers have, you know, important, you know, needs, human needs that they, you know, can't provide and Mm -hmm. turn to each other to help, you know, provide for their family yeah, i mean i think the lonely and, island yeah. an ingenious are in, i think are pretty ingenious overall of finding a way to tackle a taboo like fucking your best friend's mom in a way that feels like it's right you know relatable heartwarming emotional like you completely understand where they're coming from and the fact that they are doing this not for their own pleasures they're doing this because they're they're mothers who are widowers or divorcees and realizing right. they need, you know, human connection, like Eamon said. And I think that's a mm-hmm. – it's it's hard to tackle a taboo like that so relatably. And it's kind of and it's kind of weird how authentic Mother Lover feels in that way because of the intention to detail. Yeah, it's, it's I, kind I, of an expansion on Dick in a Box's themes of, you know, that, that self-love of understanding the value of one's own, you know, one owns, one's own – private parts and how you can present that to someone as a gift. And in this, they, they take that a step further into the, the sacrificial gift almost. I mean, obviously there's pleasure received in this transaction, but it's clear that they're not doing Mm -hmm. this for themselves, you know, and and they're not, they're not doing it out of an appreciation for their own bodies and their own worth. They're, they're making a sacrifice. They're practically the ideal feminist for a man. Like just a role. Yeah, exactly. Well, I I think it's important to discuss the morality of a switcheroo. Mm. Like technically there's nothing wrong with sleeping with your best friend's mom and and vice versa. However, I think the discussion comes in when they refer to each other as brothers. Like can one truly consider another their brother if they're also actively advocating for them to fuck each other's mom, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it adds to the fact but, that it's it's a much more serious, much more kind of darker follow-up to Dick in the Box in a way that feels like it pays off, especially towards that yeah. end. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know that they're necessarily attempting to provide that answer. I think it's more they're asking you as the viewer to look inward and, you know, explore for yourself. Is that possible? Exactly. Is that righteous? And, and Morale, yeah. you know, like, like yeah. Again, like Citizen yeah, Kane, I mean, it's about it's about how's what is what does Rosebud mean to Kane? It's like what does this moment mean to both Andy and Justin? Like what is is it right. going to completely right. change them for the next video? Is it going to completely? Is it something that they both are so respective of one another and love each other enough that it's just going to be another day in the lives of these men? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I think in the case of Citizen Kane, Rosebud is probably like a sled that he puts groceries on, you know, and he like can can go to the grocery I mean, store and like pack them up and then take them home. Nick, but I mean, I, I can yeah. see that. I can see that. Yeah, well, so I did have an interesting, uh, something Eamon was talking about, about like the sexual liberation, you know. Um, I, I kind of, as I was watching these and really digging into them, I couldn't help but develop a theory. And, and this is a, it's, it's very loose, but I do have some, some information to back me up on it. So this is actually involving Susan, um, which is uh, Andy's mom in the video. Portrayed by Susan Sarandon. Yeah, portrayed by Sarandon, yeah. And I think that, like, we assume the name is Susan. I I do have a theory on that. But um, I think having Sarandon play a promiscuous mother is actually a perfect continuation to um, the character she played in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, So Janet's arc. And and, uh, I kind of have a feeling that, that it might be the same character. So, Janet was a sensible young woman, like, stereotypically on the nose for the 1960s, right? The absent fiancé traditionally found in a lot of media that takes place during that era, and after going through the various seductive and ideologically corrupting events over the course of Rocky Horror Picture Show, Janet is now sexually liberated, you know. And uh, she's had two sexual partners, neither of which are her fiancé, and she feels, uh, and I quote, released, her confidence increased, and her mind has been expanded. So, the Denton Affair, as the events of Rocky Horror are referred to, take place in 1969, and it's implied that Brad and Janet are in their early 20s. So, I, I kind of say, like, I, I let's say Janet's 23 for the sake of this, which would have been Sarandon's actual age in 1969, although Sarandon was 28 when the film was released in 1975. Fun fact about that, however, uh, 28 is the same age as Samberg, when he released Dick in a Box. So that's just kind of a fun little Easter egg there. Um, yeah, so this would place Janet Weiss at 61 in 2007 when Mother Lover takes place. So, good to know. In the 1978 never-made film sequel to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, titled Rocky Horror Shows His Heels, nine months have passed since the events of the Denton Affair, and Janet is pregnant with either Frankenfurter, Rocky, or Brad's baby. And that's a never-made film sequel. In the 2001 never-made stage sequel, working titled Rocky Horror The Second Coming, the same pregnancy situation is occurring, although Brad is not a possibility of being the father. So if Janet gave birth in 1970, her child would be 37 in 2007, which was not far from Sandberg's actual age of 30 when filming Mother Lover. Yeah, and he, he was 28 in Dick in a Box, 30 in Mother Lover, and 32 in Three Way. I think that given Andy's proclivity for 90s fashion, it would make sense for him to have experienced that era during his 20s. So all of that being said, I would like to propose uh, the theory that Andy is actually the biological son of Dr. Frankenfurter. Not only would this explain his ability to trailblaze and evolve the public's concept of sexuality, uh, it would also make him half alien, which I think is pretty dope. That would be very cool. It make a, it makes a lot of sense, especially with three way. There's there's that that costume change that's a lot more outworld, very spacey. Yeah, yeah. Kind of feel with that vibe a bit more. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a very interesting insight. I yeah. wonder though, you know, given given that 
yeah, I mean, pretty objectively factual reality. I mean, thank you for coming to that conclusion. Practically a bombshell. Yeah. Given that, I mean, what are the what are the, what's the likelihood that uh, Patricia Clarkson is playing her character from the Green Mile? I think it's a it's a non-zero yeah. possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because because I, I don't, think that I it's don't yeah. Remember her character in that movie, but I do remember that movie made me very sad, which would be, you know, mm-hmm. it fits yeah. here thematically. And it kind of makes sense for, for a character from a sad movie to be divorced. Exactly. So I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. And I also... I mean, Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror made me sad. Yeah. Like, when 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 they, when, like, the rocket ship pulls away and Dr., you know, Dr. Scott's there on the ground, like... Like that's and he's shaking. I mean, that really got me. Yeah. Yeah. The the we were on a Zoom call because uh, we're recording in different places. Yeah, the so the audio like shaking, listeners like squirming on the ground. Yeah. The audio listeners missed out. Eamon was kind of representing the fact that Doctor Scott was shaking and squirming on the ground, given he didn't have a wheelchair and he's paralyzed from the waist down, so he can't he can't move. Yeah. And also, what Eamon did um, that he uh, his head disappeared behind his uh, background. He's using, he, yeah, I have he's a green screen background. He's using the green screen background. The, yeah. yeah. Which that did not happen in Rocky Horror. Doctor Scott, yeah, Doctor Scott kept his head in that movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's very possible that Clarkson is playing the character from Green Mile, especially because I couldn't name a single other thing that Clarkson is doing. But I know her face very well, so that's probably uh, that's probably could what be it her is. character in Green Mile. Could be the mom from Easy A. Could be from you know. Yeah, but Easy A is a comedy. Which I don't think uh, yeah. really um, fits that's, here. That's actually a good point. That's actually a good point. Yeah. Or and you know what? She could be playing her character from the Green Mile. Oh. I mean. So I think that we could. Yeah, I think we shouldn't rule no, that I one think out. We should put a pin in that for right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's. I mean, as we've talked about it, it's just been. It's a much more harrowing film than you'd expect from a sequel to The Dick in the Box. But at the same time, it's just as captivating in its own way and i think it brings up a lot of good ideas it, it, and it does what any good sequel does it, it builds upon the yeah. themes and of the original in a meaningful yeah, way and like most right. great sequels it's about family in some way shape or right, form right and mm-hmm. you know and it's, it's also probably one of the best performances you get from sandberg i mean when he tells when he tells when he tells when yeah. Andy tells justin that his father can't satisfy his mother anymore because he passed away i mean that's right. I get some Brando from On the Waterfront. I get some Wazo from The Room. You get some. You get a beautiful kind yeah. of authenticity and rawness there that you don't yeah. really get in Dick in a Box. It's very. It's very show don't tell. Absolutely, absolutely. And and what's funny too is that's another example of something that I kind of missed when I watched it as a child. I didn't realize that that um, his mom not being able to or his dad not being able to satisfy his mom since he passed away meant that his dad died. And that was something that I didn't really realize until recently. What, um, care to elaborate on what how 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 you interpreted it? Yeah, so I was on Genius looking up the lyrics, and there was a little highlight over "passed away," and I clicked on it, and apparently that means that they died. Huh. I, I think yeah. Yeah. If so you, if you looked up both past, resource. if you looked up "passed" and "away" in the dictionary, I think combined, it I, that would make a lot of sense they would be dead it, it definitely like it's one of those words that when you think about it it it, it kind of explains itself but i i never had any reason to to look it up or 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 even question what it meant you know the interesting thing though about that line and about this trilogy kind of being all about sexual liberation and you know um 
carnal embrace in the face of late stage capitalism is that that line mm-hmm. about his father passing away and not being able to satisfy his mother kind of, you know, locks off the possibility that his mother was into necrophilia, which I, it's just interesting to right. me that they would make that choice to kind of block off any realm of, you know, sexual opportunity. I, you know, honestly, I'm not sure if it is blocked off, though. I think all it means is that if she is having sex with his with his corpse, it's not satisfying. So maybe another like just somebody else's corpse could have been satisfying. It just happens that it could have been just not the dad. Plot that was put on the cutting room floor. I mean, they they were already handling kind of like like Eamon said, discussing the Oedipus complex in some way, shape, or form, and. Mm-hmm. I feel like they put they had to put so much of their effort into that that even touching necrophilia in some way, shape, or form would just kind of it's very yeah very large to right. Yeah. But, and it, I guess I guess also dead. we don't really get any um, you know information about how uh, Andy's dad died, but it's possible. Well, I was going to say it's possible that you know he was dismembered. Um, in whatever cause, right? Yeah. yeah. In which case, he well, would not I be do, I do, I do know that Andy's dad died by getting shot in the back with a laser, because his dad is Doctor Frankenfurter. Oh, that's, and we that see is, his death is, on it, screen. It, 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 this is, it's, it's new information, not fully cemented in my brain yet. But yeah. you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, 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 can, yeah, yeah. Are we? Can we all disagree? Yeah, we do. That this is probably the best of the three trilogy wise. Or do I would absolutely agree. agree. I okay, 100%. I'm glad we're all yes. in the same agreement because I because I feel like we're just gonna I mean we're just really just gonna love this to the end of time until we we get into the next one so I feel like we should talk about you know the most important part I think in a trilogy which is a finale how do right. you finish off a story such as you know that's gone right such roller coaster ebb and flows as this trilogy has I think it's perfect to talk about which Eamon brought up very much early on in this but uh, the three way the golden rule. And do you remember, Eamon, mm-hmm. what you wanted to kind of bring up talking about that? I mean, I think when we talked about it initially, I do think it's probably the most vanilla idea of the three, but I also think it's an important discussion, especially for the end. Yes, it it, it is the most vanilla, I, I think, of the three on the surface. But, like, I feel like it's it, it's important because uh, it, 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 we, if we follow these characters on their journey, right, at first, you know, Andy and Justin, uh, like I said, they, you know, they learn to accept their, you know, their bodies. And then the second one, they learn to, you know, to accept and provide for the needs of other people, especially their, their mothers. And they tackle, you know, the, the kind of like, they're like psychosexual awakening. And then finally, we, we reach a point where, you know, the crux of this film is that the two of them um, unexpectedly walk into a situation where they are asked to perform group sex. And, and you know, it's especially uh, in... Uh, I'm sorry, can you remind me when this one came out this again? This is uh, yeah, so May the, 21st, 2011, at least in terms of yeah. when the film released. It does take place in 2007 or the future. Yes, yes, it takes place in, in yeah. 2007. Yes, which, yeah. which, 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 you know, 2007, uh, if, if we're going to continue with this idea, which I think it's important to set that time period so you know it, it is the the late bush administration we're still in the and it, you know it's 
we, we reach a point where these characters all go on this journey of self-discovery and, you know, discovery of their, their needs. And then they, they're at a point where they're, they're placed into a situation where they're out of, con, of control. And they have to realize, you know, do we trust each other enough to engage in group sex with each other? Right. They, you know, this is the, this is the ultimate test for them is that, like, do they, have they, have the two of them reached a point where they trust each other with their bodies? And will they think of each other's sexuality differently because of it? And they come to the conclusion, it doesn't matter. Because, it, you know, in, in to use 2007 language, it's not gay. When it's a three-way, right? Well, but, but, it, which 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 I feel like may have been a limitation of you know maybe studio intervention. Mm-hmm. These kinds of things happen. It was 2011, uh, you know the kind of you know a wide acceptance of you know people you know in the LGBTQ community hadn't quite come around yet in the way that it has today. I think if this film was made today, the, the they would have let these characters be openly gay, and that would well, be okay. I, I, and I think that may have been what they were I, trying I to say. I would argue that I, I would argue that, that they are. It's pretty clear that they're both definitely bi, but at the time, exactly, it's more yes. the line. It's not gay if it's in a three way. Is more for the audience just feeling like, hey, if you're really that worried about it, technically it is not right. gay in any way. So you don't have to have an existential crisis about. And then that's mm-hmm. what it's about. Is that is that these two characters learn they don't need to have an existential crisis because they are so comfortable with themselves and each other in the situation. They have been they've reached the sexual liberation. I I think that might be the case. And although they might be like consider themselves bisexual, they do say normally I don't get down with dudes, but tonight is a special exception. And, and that is a an important line. Especially because after that, um, Lady says great in response right. to tonight's a special exception. Yeah. The interesting thing too to to build on what Eamon was saying about this, you know, this realization that they come to, this kind of level of trust that they gain in this experience, um, they they reveal their, you know, the justification for their actions, the golden rule, uh, you know, the subtitle of the film, um, almost as if it's it's been established before, you know, much before them or established between them at an earlier time. It's almost introduced as like a deus ex machina um, where it's kind of this has already existed and it's here now and we're going to use it to our advantage. But I, I'm not saying that to criticize the film. It's more... It's just interesting to me how they're able to, um, you know, it, it just shows that these characters have always been in this place and we're just getting to meet them and learn about them and understand them at every level. And this third chapter is where we fully understand them. They've already perhaps had an understanding that we've exactly. not been privy to. That's, that's yeah. kind of what I what I had meant by that is, that, is that we learn just how much they have grown and it's crazy you, you bring up you know the golden rule and it's especially how they uh you know they 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 bring up that that it has existed you know long before them yeah the, the rules goes back to ancient greece right that's talking about caesar yeah yeah, yeah. not greek but I, you know it's understandable well that's actually yeah. i did have a quick point about that it, andy does say the rule goes back to ancient greece and justin replies talking about caesar and we all know that Julius Caesar was a Roman dictator. 
So I was wondering, is Justin a fucking dimwit, or did we just think he made an honest mistake? I think he just made an honest, honest mistake. I think Todd... I think it's especially since like, you know, that Roman culture borrowed so much. It was inspired so much by, by Grecian culture, especially in the ways that that they viewed sexuality, you know, and it's, it, you know, it it shows that, you know, this, this is nothing new. This is human nature. And in a time like, in a time like 2007, when kind of sexual deviancy was frowned upon by a more conservative society, that's an important statement to to make. And the fact that the line itself is great. I love the line. It's probably my favorite line in the entire video because he has so much confidence behind it, even though he is entirely wrong. He's so excited to yeah. say it. It's hard not to just go for it. Well, it's also possible, too, that he's making an intentional gaffe for the sake of recognizability. Um, you know, a lot of people mm. might not know much about the ancient Greeks, but, you know, the Romans kind of, like Eamon was saying, you know, built on a lot of the ideas of Greek cult, ancient Greek culture and popularized it and spread it through the you know the roman empire um and so perhaps he was just trying to make a name drop that more of the audience would understand so that we can more easily grasp what they're talking about and in Mm -hmm. that sense i think it's yeah yeah i i also think it's possible that he he did just it it it's entirely possible that he forgot considering he was distracted with the sex he was Mm -hmm. doing yes yes um and and that's definitely like that's a possibility but i'm not going to rule it out talking about socrates doesn't work as well as a line is talking about caesar i I agree or like zeus i mean zeus has so much promiscuity it's it's a little bit harder like he just went exactly for the easiest thing he probably thought it was i mean salad or something he was just going for the first talking about talking about pythagoras i mean that's people think of math i mean that's no yeah i feel like that, that's not that's too many syllables for him too i feel like yeah yeah i agree no i mean i think three ways just kind of just overall like the perfect finale even though it's probably i don't know if i'd say it's my least favorite of the yeah. three because i think they're all pretty much except mm. for mother mother lover is the yeah. best of the three but i feel both dick in the box yeah and three way i like equally mainly because i think for three way I do think it's a perfect finale because instead of having to get bogged down with the ramifications of, you know, fucking your, you know, your best friend's moms or just trying to talk about, right. you know, if, you know, they accidentally cuddle under the blankets at some point, does that mean that they might have more romantic relationship with one another than they thought? That doesn't matter. What really matters is these both men, you know, they love each other as friends. They're going to be loving everyone in New York until the day they die. And so, you know, it's there's no need to set up a foundation for, you know, a reboot 20 years later or a sequel where you have a new guard. It's it's all about just two guys right. just like perfectly. They're just like, you know, it's it's enough just to have them be like, we are confident. We are, you know, calm. We, we love just doing things with, with each other. And, hey, you know, we'll keep doing this until we die. So, you know. You can't, I mean, it's almost as perfect as the before trilogy's ending. You can't really get any better than that. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think it's, it's what any good trilogy capper should be in the sense that it's kind of a celebration of all the ideas that it's presenting. And it's kind of a, you know, this very gung ho go forth yeah. and, you know, be fruitful. It's especially, especially in, in, you know, in the part where, where they talk about doing the, that performing the helicopter. Yeah. Day. Yes, Gaga's performance in that is incredible. You can definitely see where Bradley Cooper was kind of eyeing her in terms of you know for a Star Is Born with Star Is Born in that scene. Yeah, yeah, and in that scene, Lady does say "Wow." 
Yeah, she does. It's, you know, and and I think that. Heard. Yeah, I do think that it's a it's a great performance. I think we're also undermining, you know, the the incredible athleticism of Andy and Justin mm-hmm. uh, to to be performing the helicopter dick for that long. I think it also it's a great way to to kind of mirror the themes, you know, of of dick in a box and bring it all full circle. It's like poetry, you know. It, it it comes back exactly. It comes full circle in the first one. You know, they 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 were keeping their 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 bodies hidden under a box for their partner, and now like no, we can let them swing free. Yeah, we yeah. Don't need a box. We started anymore. their arcs hiding their dicks in a box and then ending it, you know, showing them to the world. You can't you can't think of a better way right. to and end a trilogy like that. Right. Honestly, for about like. Probably about three percent of the length of the film, they are helicoptering their penises, which is a not insubstantial amount of time. No, no, it's not. Yeah, that just means that they ever got a, which if they ever got nominated at that time, they would have probably used that for their Oscar reels. Just that moment. Yeah, it's a good amount of yeah. time for that. And and I think kind of, you know, something that really kind of drives home the the positivity and openness and kind of affirmation that this trilogy is all about is um, Andy and Justin's shared line at one point in this song, um, and I'll just quote him directly because, you know, I'm not going to do better than Shakespeare. Um, Mm -hmm. Speaking of affirmation, um, yeah, 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 no, no, a, yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, jam. Um, I don't think it gets mm-hmm. any more positive than that. No, that's that's original no. screenplay nod right there, just for that. I'm it's, also it's, I'm glad it's you included very, the no no. It's very Sorkin esque. It, it truly is. You know, it's, it's no that yeah. It's 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 it's, it's rhythmic. It's, you know, it, it feels mm-hmm. like it's it's very. It's, it's almost like I'm hearing yet again why America is not the greatest country in the world. It is just truly just You're right. Yes, just so yeah. I, I did want to point out, I think, Andy, I'm, I'm glad you included, and, and not Andy in the video, right. Andy, Andy the host, yeah, right. Correct. Yes. Right, 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 right. Um, but I, I'm glad you pointed out the no-no. Yeah. Because I do think that that kind of stands out amongst the, the yas and the a yeah yeah And the jam, I mean, the jam can't be understated. Well, the jam is a punctuation, um, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. But I, I think that the no-no is really important because it, it kind of establishes they do have a, a line. You know? Yeah. Well, and it also acknowledges the resistance you'll face in life, you know, going through life this liberated, that there is going to be pushback and, you know, people are going to try and tell you no. And sometimes you have to tell other people no so that you can say yes to other opportunities. And even if that if even if that person you're telling no is the the crosswalk sign, you know, because in the video, visually, they are they're trying to not cross the street. And I think that's also literally. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all about consent, yeah. both literally and metaphorically, and I think that's a good mm-hmm. part that shows how progressive Andy and Justin are in this trilogy. And yeah, well, I I did I if I'm going to be completely honest. Oh please, um, I'm surprised you haven't been honest this whole time. Then, if that's the case. Well, I, I've been kind of holding something back. I the beginning of the song confused me a little bit. Um, and I rewatched it a few times. I couldn't do it, but right before the 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 film starts right in the little like pro cold open basically um they say your mom says hi jinx uh what is that 
Are you talking? Are you saying the are, the idea of what a jinx is? It's they, yeah. They both I, said, I looked it up and I couldn't find it. To basically kind of you know crush any kind of anticipation in terms of there being drama for fucking each other's moms. It seems like the Lonely mm-hmm. Island decided to do. You know, a jinx is basically when two people say the same thing at the same time. You say jinx mm. at the same time, and whoever says jinx first basically wins it. And so, I think that was just supposed to be a lighthearted kind of like we're not going to talk about this past this. They're totally fine. There's no ramifications for right. each other's moms. They just had a good Mother's Day, you know, separately. Yeah. Okay. yeah. See, part of me and- wondered if they were placing hexes on each other. You know, oh, which okay. might have been a craft they picked mm. up from one another's yeah. mothers um, the previous mm-hmm. night. I was, that's what I was trying to figure out because I was familiar with the term jinx in terms of witchcraft. Yes. But I had never heard of it in any colloquial sense or, or anything like I, that. I just, so I'm glad you, you clarified that. It's either that. witchcraft or League of Legends or, you know, that phrase. Just that, that whole kind, right. of, kind of phenomenon. So I just assumed it was just the fact that they were doing like. Because most people go for, like, Jinx, you owe me a Coke, that type of situation. And this time it's oh. just, Jinx, you owe me nothing because I fucked your mom. So I feel like that's kind of the, that's, the, that's okay, the yeah. summation of that. Yeah, and it's a forgivable, honest mistake, Nick. Because, I mean, if you're consuming as much cinema as the four of us are, you're going to mm-hmm. miss some things going on outside your window. And, yeah. you know. Yeah. We've all seen Free Guy, I think, at least 37 times by this recording. So, you know, it's it's hard. Uh, to... I actually, I missed my last one, my oh, last showing. It's fine. It's fine. It, yeah. I'm only on 36. It's, it's on Disney Plus and HBO Max, Nick. You can just watch it again, I tell you. You can't get, you can't okay, get yeah, no. fantasy. Such a great song. I'm going to have to check it out because I, I can't remember. And it, it is a funny that you bring up free guy because there is that free guy Fortnite connection there is, there that is we were, connection. we were kind of making that the, the unicorn smasher, um, not really popularized by the imagined order or the seven, which I referred to earlier, which I assume um, is another but, Fortnite reference that I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it is, it does compare to the, the loot boxes and, and it kind of winds all the way back to Dick in a box. Eamon is playing with his camera because we are talking about Fortnite lore Sorry. and we cannot, I mean, no, I can't add anything to the conversation. No, I'm there. sorry. I yeah. You're fine. Don't be sorry, Eamon. It's okay. We're only talking about... Eamon, you don't have to the apologize. ...the greatest movie trilogy of all time. And you've brought a lot to the table. I, I, I do think that what we've talked about today is just really open the doors to more conversations about this trilogy. And in all honesty, it's the type of trilogy that'll end all trilogies. In that. Do, you, how, yeah. do you think that that this would benefit from having a fourth installment if 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 they ever chose to you revisit this see, series. You see, I feel or... like three way ends in a way where they don't want to do that. Nor do they say that they. It's not that they couldn't. It's more the fact that it's like it's better to leave it on such an open note. That's kind of a happy ending, especially after Mother Lover kind of having the the conversations mm-hmm. that it does about you know death. And, you know, getting getting right back into society after being, you know, incarcerated for so long and also the, just trying to fuck your mom's, like, your best friend's mom without trying to feel weird about yeah. it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like three-way ending on such a high note, kind of, kind of Return of the Jedi-esque, where it kind of ties everything up nicely enough that it, mm-hmm. I feel like, because I, I mean, technically there is a fourth, like, they show up another time after this th- but it's for like the 100th uh, short. 
And it's just for yeah, a cute little yeah. moment, and I feel like that's the best way yeah, it's just to an use homage. Just, yeah. yeah, just an homage, per se. It's it's nice to see them and see that they're still spending time together yeah. and, and, and things like that, but I don't think we need to focus on their story. No. Yeah, their story I think that their told. story has been wrapped up, yeah. and they can support other stories. If, if they showed up in, in some sort of... Uh, digital short cinematic universe, which which kind of the the one hundredth uh, digital short video does. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean I'm not. I, I saying think that that's that, a nice way to supplement it. I'm not saying there might not be a chance that Pete Davidson and Machine Gun Kelly are trying to pitch to Lauren a return with their own version of right. it, but like, like a reboot, se- like a, sequel boot. Yeah, I, I we'll have to wait and see if that actually happens. I don't I don't know if the rumors are true, but hey, you know. Regardless of that, I mean, what we have here is just three pretty damn phenomenal films that are mm-hmm. clock in total and under 10 minutes, so easy to rewatch, easy to dissect and write a dissertation under. Like, you can get pages and pages out of the content that's talking to this. And yeah. you also have just a great showing of both Timberlake and Sandberg's talents to the point where it's like, I mean, Timberlake we always knew was talented, but we had never seen him this talented in this kind of way with the facial hair yeah with the facial hair too especially with sandberg as well because sandberg was so early in his career Mm -hmm. not only that i mean like we 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 all saw the social network like i knew the guy we all know the guy could act i had no idea he could sing man like like the pipes on that guy yeah and i do think that is something to think about i i I do want to clarify something there for you though amen um, yes. The Social Network did come out in 2010, so. Um, well, it, it, oh, oh, I'm sorry. This 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 film really flew under my radar for a while, you know. Right. The the, like the, the Dick in the Box film yes. trilogy. Yeah. Because Mother Lover and Dick in the Box both had come out before Social Network, which I honestly think is kind of how how Timberlake got his role in that film. Um, just influenced entirely by the success of uh, the first two installments of the series. Really? Speaking of Timberlake, and that's do, why we, do we think the hit action film In Time has anything tied to Timberlake's character in the Dick in the Box trilogy? I think that it might be too far removed. It might be. Uh, it might I, be. I think that In Time takes place a little bit in the future, and um, th- this series takes place in 2006-2007, and they're also wearing clothes from the nineties. So I kind of feel like even if it did have any connection, um, it probably wouldn't be like prevalent, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Cause we don't even, how, how long do we think Andy and Justin are going to live? You know, what's their life? How long are any of us going to live? That's, that's a real question. I feel like we don't really have an I kind of feel like I, I think that every time I watch these, these films, especially when, yeah, especially when we get to mother lover, Especially the talk about right. mortality and humanity and whatnot. Yeah, it puts life yeah. in perspective. But I mean, I mean, yeah, that's that's the Dick in the Box trilogy. Do you do you two have anything else you want to add to it overall, just as the trilogy as a whole, or do you think that I mean, we've pretty much covered all the bases? But there's yeah. Well, I I did have a quick question. Okay. Um, I I personally think that this trilogy could benefit from a a live action reboot. Okay. And I was wondering who you would uh, cast 
in the I, roles I mean, I think, if if it were to be rebooted into live action. Well, I think the difficulty for me though is that I would have live I would have rebooted this live action on Quibi, but unfortunately that doesn't exist anymore. Right. So right. that kind of changes the context. That does make it harder. The format would have been perfect. Would have been absolutely perfect. Just it's mm-hmm. quick bites. Quibi. Genius idea. But as, I mean as of right now, I mean because you gotta have you gotta have somebody who is mainly known for comedy doing more dramatic stuff for Sandberg's role, and you gotta have somebody who is a singer that you would you would be surprised would be funny that the way that they are. And right, I I'm kind of getting Chalamet from what you just said. Do you think for Sandberg's role? Or yeah, or Timberlake's. I I, I think that the things you said kind of to me resonate with Chalamet. Both of those. You mean like if Timmy, if Timothy was just like his rap persona for the Timberlake role, oh, Timmy or Tim? just, yeah, Timmy Tim? You think that, or does he, does he, does he do that? He does do that, and I would recommend that you watch the video of him doing that because he loves it when people watch the video where he does that. But uh, okay, I, yeah, I would yeah, probably yeah. recommend oh, putting right. him in the Sandberg slot, and I, the first name that comes as, to- as the comedian. Yeah. Yeah. That's Dune you know, more dramatic. Chalamet yeah. is known to be hilarious if you've seen Dune, but in terms of the mm-hmm. uh, musician choice, it's it's a lazy choice. But I guess I mean Adam Levine, maybe. Mm. I mean it's. Well, see, I yeah. was thinking Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh, okay, because I did not know she was a musician at all. But if that's the case, that's I think that's kind of perfect. It could be perfect. That's that's the kind of reboot you Do- should go for. You should definitely, you know. Yeah, D- definitely add a woman into that group because you know, mix it up a bit. Definitely stand out amongst the original duo. So yeah, well, I mean, what about you? Tim? Yeah. you have what would your picks be? Uh, I think I'll let you go. I, I need to okay. ruminate on yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I that for the Timberlake role, uh, really talking about like a musician that surprisingly has uh, comedic acting chops that can also kind of delve into that dramatic side i was thinking paul simon Mm. paul simon is one hell of a choice but a very very curious to see yeah i mean i think that just based on the the things we've seen like his time on a uh the other series what up with that um and his kind of reactions to being interrupted by uh deandre cole played by keenan thompson who we know Um, that keenan will never die he will always be there he's eternal for that's correct and yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. David Byrne and would be interesting. David, David Byrne, Byrne would be interesting. I, what if we had Paul Simon and now David Byrne? I, I was going to say, what if it was John Mulaney and David Byrne? Mm. That could work. They do have a be, they have a pre existing relationship. They do. They do. Yes. Yes. And I, I think I'd like to see both of them uh, put their cocks in a in like a gift box. I feel like at least one of them has done that before. <laughs> In their and once in their lifetime, I think, if anything, but yeah, and it's the same as it ever same was. Same as it so. ever was. Yeah, you bringing up um, uh, Paul Simon really just now. I'm I'm longing for, you know, a reality where we could have had a Simon and Garfunkel version of the Dick and Box trilogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I you you already have a name for Paul Simon. If he does, you can call him out. If he does the role, that's true. Yes, you wouldn't have to worry really about the the confusing thing that we're dealing with with having first name no, last name to refer the different no. things. You you could call him Al, and it would be. Uh, I mean, a, a man walks down the street. He, he, why is he soft in the middle? And, and I think that that kind of 
that really um sorry i'm getting choked up it's just there's so much i mean you could you'd also do a backstory <sighs> thing too or you can have albie as bodyguard or like long lost pal mm. in that kind of regard that's and, true yeah i mean no i think yeah. paul simon david byrne and john mulaney they all could definitely work it out Eamon, do you think you got something? Add to it? Shake it up? You know, it's it, this might be a radical decision. Oh, God, right? I'd love to hear it. Okay. I I, 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 I feel like with, with you know, if you're looking for, for the, 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 the Andy role to be filled, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's got to be somebody who has comedy experience, who has songwriting experience. I think somebody perfect for the role would be Andy Samberg. Okay. And, you know, and, and especially, and then there's, there's the, the, the Justin role, obviously somebody who we have, who we haven't seen before, somebody who has musical talent. Um, I think it's, it's, it's high time for, for someone like Justin Timberlake to fill those shoes. Yeah. I, I was definitely getting like an in sync vibe, but I couldn't name anybody except for Justin Timberlake. So I do, I do exactly. agree. Now are we talking yeah. like proper... Andy Samberg and Justin Timberlake, are we talking like, you know, Hotel Transylvania, Andy Samberg, mm. and Trolls World Tour, Justin Timberlake? Are we talking... Let's do, like, we we got to have them in their prime, I'd say around like 2006. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. 2006, 2007. Okay. Uh, maybe like 2006, 2009, 2011 even. Okay. That's, 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 would that's, be... that's a bit of a range, but I can see it. I can see it. That's pretty radical. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's the Dick in the Box trilogy. <laughs> Yeah, this has been this has been an amazing time, guys. I, I I feel like I've had a lot to talk about this, and I, a, a, as we said earlier, you have to have an established location for this discussion. So yeah. um, I'm I'm grateful that you guys asked us, and I'm I'm glad we were not, able to kind of pitch the idea of this trilogy not, to you. No, so everybody loves these months movies. Of the making practically, just yes, yeah. The, the these are films that everybody loves, but no one can quite articulate why. And I'm so so glad we I got to sit down with you guys. And just really dissect why I think these films are so important. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. We're happy that both of you are, could join for this. This is yeah. this is just, we, this is something we couldn't do without you two. So I'm glad we could do this together. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you guys kind of you know workshopping this thing and, and presenting it to us because um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's you know we've been sitting on these films for so long and none of us have really gotten to talk about them. And mm-hmm. this conversation, I just feel like I've had so many opportunities to kind of view the trilogy in new ways ways i wouldn't have before i mean after everything we've said like i'm almost inclined to think that maybe one way to interpret this trilogy would be as a comedy in one way shape or form i I, I can i can see that kind of i think i have to i have to sit on that and let it marinate for a bit before i can agree with that but i can definitely see the seeds of that kind of being sown I, you know, yeah, I, I definitely think that that is where their heads were at. Mm-hmm. But before we uh, sign off, Nick and Eamon, do you want to say where we can catch you guys anywhere? You know, throw your socials out, throw so far so good. What, what you know, it's on for you. Yeah, uh, so far so good is a uh, a sketch comedy collaboration uh, between a bunch of comedians and and uh, mostly based out of Chicago. Uh, and you can find us on, on YouTube and TikTok. Uh, on all of our social medias, we are at So Far So Good Show. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And uh, you can just search So Far So Good Comedy 
on YouTube and be able to find us. And we have we have uh, uh, shows and podcasts and sketches and and uh, kind of uh, you know videos. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I would say mostly, but I could see like I could see things like the the Dick in the Box trilogy kind of fitting in things, with the yeah, other content. That could be, yes, thematically and, and after discussion, at least when we kind of go into it, um, we hope people talk about it. Like Andy brought up, not Andy uh, as the character um, that Sandberg plays, but Andy the host, um, kind of bringing up the up. yeah 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 you 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 um, but kind of bringing in the idea of like this could be seen as comedy and that's kind of what we hope ours have that kind of silver lining uh underneath uh the drama that's there that's good that's that's a really multi-dimensional way to look at your work i like that for sure yeah i mean yeah, yeah kind of like have... a paul thomas anderson thing i could definitely say it. yeah very pta i love it i love it yeah you know? so if you, any yeah, of you yeah, out yeah. there have seen licorice pizza connect that to so far so good that's exactly what nick Rorman's trying to say right now but, uh, yeah, yes. I mean, I, we, I do we, think we, that we, like we're in the business of making pedophile movies. I, I was gonna say, okay. Uh, okay. Aside from licorice, right. licorice pizza is the best pedophile movie of twenty twenty. You want to sure. you want to retract that at all later? <laughs> You're gonna commit to that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having us, guys. Oh my God, oh my God. Thanks for being on. Yeah, this thank you awesome. so much. This is a fucking trip. <laughs> and this is you guys were a good call for our first. Yes. Yeah, I'm super excited. <laughs> Absolutely. The way that it did, and I'm so glad that we had just as much fun as we expected from this. And this will not be the last <laughs> yeah. time we collab. That's for fucking sure. But, Absolutely. Uh, We'd love to come on and talk about uh, something a little bit longer. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But uh, yeah, I think for our end, we I'm going to say in terms of the next trilogy after this, we're going to probably take two more weeks off just to take some time because we're gonna, by the time this comes out and because we record live as for always yeah we we have the denzel episode that comes out last week and then this week we have this, this. And, and so i think the next thing to do is probably on the 16th we'll be back to normal with a new trilogy but it's gonna be a surprise yeah it's uh we need you know time to unpack and relax after yeah. a dissection like this yeah it takes a while after taking a box to kind of get into normal i guess you know usual cinema again so if you're listening and right now you have now, to revisit yeah. rocky horror yeah yeah, yeah. but if you're still yeah. listening to this video this video jesus christ if this you're still film. if you're this yeah film. if you're still listening to the <laughs> audio film. thank you so much for still listening you know Happy April Fool's Day. We'll see you on the 16th. And as always, I'm Logan Sowash. And I'm Andy Carr. Thank you so much for listening.